Hallelujah. All the difference. You know, we are living testimonies. We are living light to that great truth. It should never be undersold. It should never be underappreciated. Because of the cross of Jesus, you are different. And everybody around you should know it. Amen? Not because you put on a T-shirt. Not because you put a necklace with a cross on it around your neck. Not because you wear a hat that says so, but because you're different. Inside and out, you're different. Because of the work of Christ. You know, when we're challenged in life, sometimes we don't like being challenged in life, do we? Amen. But it's in those challenges of life that we shine the more. Amen. There are times, dads, there are times, husbands, there are times, mama, there are times, wife, when you are challenged to shine the most, that you're different than everybody else in the world because of what grace has done for you, because of what Jesus did for you on that old rugged cross. The world responds one way. You respond a different way. Because you're not of the world. You're of Christ. Give the Lord some praise. Amen. I ain't even started preaching yet. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me in the New Testament to the book of James. I'm excited about that which the Lord has put upon our heart. But in the book of James, chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 16 through 18 into our hearing. We're welcome, all of you, into the house of the Lord. Good to see a good number in the house of the Lord this Lord's day. We certainly welcome all those, as Brother Marty did, that are joining us by FM transmitter or by social media format. Everybody always welcome to share and be a part of our worship. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over the sanctuary as we reverence God's Word together. James chapter 1, and beginning in verse 16. The apostle says, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift. Let those two words sink in a moment. Good and perfect. The apostle says, every good gift and every perfect gift. Your heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts. But every gift, listen, every gift that comes from above, every gift that God graciously gives is perfect. Amen? 
Because he is a perfect God, everything he gives is perfect. Now, we search for perfect gifts, right? We, we just had Valentine's, amen. I don't want to get anybody in any trouble by any means, amen. You know, Christmas wasn't that long ago, amen. We shop and we look for what we think is perfect gifts. God can only give perfect gifts. Amen? And the apostle declares that great truth that every good gift and every perfect gift, amen, is, is from above. Cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom no is neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind, now get this, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. As we look into the scriptures today and we think about what the apostle has written here for the understanding of the believers and of the church. We look upon these verses, and I don't know about you, but one thought that comes to my mind is holiness. Holiness. You don't hear as much preaching today about holiness, amen, but certainly in the Word of God and certainly in these verses of scriptures as James is writing unto us, I think the word holiness kind of comes off the page. You say, preacher, where do you get holiness from those verses of Scripture? Well, James is describing for us the incredible work in which God did for every single believer. For every single believer. Because, you see, there was a big problem that had to be dealt with because of the holiness of God, and God is holy. Amen? Isaiah got a glimpse. Isaiah got just a glimpse of the holiness of God and the glory of God. He hit the ground instantly, in a moment instantly saw himself as unclean, unholy. One glimpse of holiness will do that. Perfect holiness. And because God is perfect holiness, Unholiness, Alan, can't dwell in his presence. Can't dwell in his presence. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they only sinned one time, they only disobeyed one time. Mama and Daddy would be proud if you only disobeyed one time. Amen. But that's all it took. And because of that one act of disobedience, they had to hide themselves from the coming presence of holiness. Amen? Are you with me, church? 
So there is the problem because God is perfect holiness and we are anything but. Now I know some folk think they are, amen. Some folk will tell you they are, amen. Some folk, man, they look down their pie's nose and I think they're the best thing ever put on the planet, amen. I know. But the truth of the matter is we are unholy. In fact, the Bible says we're filthy rags. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. You see the dilemma. You see the problem. Holy God, perfect holiness, unholy men and women. How do they come together? How is it possible? You see, every problem demands a solution. Man is always trying to come up with solutions, right? I mean, we're always trying to fix things that we didn't even make, amen? If you made it, you can fix it. If you know how it's put together, chances are you probably can fix it, amen? But when you didn't make it, amen, when you didn't create it, you're not going to fix it. God did. God did. God made a way. God made it possible. And really, when you read these verses from James, that's exactly what the apostle is talking about, is the incredible way in which God made possible for unholiness and holiness, amen, to be able to dwell in fellowship, to be reconciled one to the other. What a tremendous, tremendous truth. You remember Nicodemus, that religious leader that came to Jesus by night. Nicodemus struggling with the very same issue. And Jesus said what to Nicodemus? Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Now that made some sense to Nicodemus. But Nicodemus kind of took the physical birth and he said, how is it possible for a man when he is grown to be able to enter into his mother's womb a second time? In other words, Nicodemus was understanding that a second chance because I done blew the first one. Amen. I done, I done made a mess out of the first one. And so he's thinking, boy, if I could start all over. You ever just wanted to start all over? Amen. If I could just start all over. How many times we said if I could do it all over. Amen. And kind of that's the line in which Nicodemus was thinking if I could somehow go back to the beginning, somehow be born all over, and this time be different. Be different. Be different. If somehow in the second birth, if I could only be changed and be different. You see, that was the thinking of Nicodemus. God made it possible, church, to be different. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. God made it possible for us in which to be different. Amen. Not patched up. God wasn't interested in patching you up. Not a remodel 
no, no, my friends, none of that. God said there has to be a new you and a new me. And God made it possible, and he's done all of that for us. First of all, he dealt with our sin. Grace dealt with the sins that we have already committed and forgave us of those sins. Aren't you glad of that? I couldn't do them over. I couldn't take them back. It's like toothpaste. Once it's out, it's out. Uh, only hope I had was forgiveness. And grace said, God's amazing grace provided forgiveness through his only begotten son who died on that old rugged cross. But listen, that's a good message, but I'm not going to, that's not what we're here for this morning. I, I want to get to something. But not only did he deal with my sin problem and your sin problem. The second thing, listen to me, if you don't hear anything else I say, the second thing God in his amazing work did for us was imparted into us, placed within us, his spirit. His Spirit. Inside every believer is the Holy Spirit. Inside every believer dwells the very divine nature of God. And that makes the difference. Are you with me, church? That makes the difference. Otherwise, I still stay who I was. Otherwise, I still say, stay the sinner that I was. If it weren't for God putting within me his own spirit. Amen. To make me different. To give me a new beginning. Amen. To give me a new beginning. Listen. Because God placed within us His Spirit, it gives us the power and the ability to live according to God's will. Are you with me? Let me talk to everybody for just a moment. Before salvation, before the grace of God, I'll give you the fact that you might have been a good person. Your neighbors may have talked good about you. You may have never caused mama and daddy any trouble when you was a teenager. You may have had good standards, good morals, lived a good life. Amen. But you didn't care about God's will. You see, apart from the great transformation that God made available in his salvation and put it within us his own spirit, by the gift of his own spirit, comes the ability and desire to do according to God's will. I wasn't interested in doing God's will before salvation, I can assure you. The last thing on my mind was preaching, amen? I wasn't even in church 
But when the Lord's grace touched me and he placed within me his divine nature, everything changed. Everything. And as the old prophet said, here am I, Lord, send me. You see, that's how we think now, right? Everybody think like that? Maybe there's a disconnect between you and the Spirit. I don't know, amen. You have to work that out. But because of his divine nature living down within me comes that desire to live according to God's will and not the world. Now, I want to get to this real quick. I want to break a few things down that are significantly important about what the apostle says. And I really want to focus on verse 18. Are you ready? A few things of value here. The first thing that I want to focus upon is what the apostle says in verse 18 when he says, of his own what? Of his own will. Of his own will. Not by the will of man. Not by your will. Not by mama and daddy's will. Not by some preacher's will. Not by some denomination's will or some religious organization's will. But by God's own will. The apostle declares. This is God's doing. Amen. This is God's doing. He won't share that glory with anybody. Not you, not me, not anybody. Not any apostle. He won't share that glory with anybody. That's a glory that belongs only to him. Because only he could do what he did for you. Amen? All of us have someone in our lives that if it were possible, we would change them. Wouldn't we? Don't look at me like that. Everybody has somebody in their life that if they could help them, if they could make them different, if they could change them, amen, they would. How many times my mama, how many times my grandmas begged to God to make me different, amen? How many times they would beg to make me different if they could, if they had the power to have changed me, to have helped me, and to have made me different, they would have. Everybody has had someone that they would make different if they had the power. Amen. We use expressions like, I just want to get a hold of them and shake them. Sometimes we might get a hold of them and shake them. But that don't change them. Might get their attention a minute, but it don't change them, Blaine. Amen. You might wake them up, but you ain't going to change them that way. You see, only God could make a difference. Only God can change a life. And God made the way possible to be able to change. In John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, verse 12, one of my favorite verses, but John chapter 1 and verse 12, he says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Nobody else has that power, only he does. And to as many as received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, 
listen to this verse, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But of God. Nobody had anything to do with their own physical birth. Amen? You didn't have a thing to do with you being born into this world. Amen? You were just conceived and a little tiny, tiny baby, amen, and, and, and had nothing to do with your own birth. Nobody said, you know, time for old trend lines to come into the world. I think I'll be born today. Nobody. Nor did you have anything to do with your spiritual birth, being born again. This was of the will of God. By his own will. Now, some folk have a problem with that. Did you know that? Because some folk want to accept some of the glory. God's not going to permit that. I'm good with it. Because when I understand that it was by his own will, then I understand, you know what Jesus say, no man cometh unto me except the Father, what? Draw him. I've been drawn. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been drawn. No man cometh unto Jesus unless the Father draw him. Somewhere, if you're saved today, God drawing power. Think about that. We was talking about that this morning during Sunday school, and Curtis was telling me about being saved, I think, in revival, amen. He was trying to hide in the corner of the church over there, amen. He just in church over there trying to hide, hope nobody in God's drawing power said, mm-mm. You ain't hiding today. You ain't hiding tonight. Amen. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Because that means, as the Bible says, not that I first loved him, but because he first loved me. I'm okay with that. You struggle with it from now to eternity, but I'm okay with it. He knocked on my door first. Amen? Not only according to his own will, but what did he do according to his own will? Well, <laughs> the apostle says he begat us. We don't use that term in our language anymore, but begat. I've been begat. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been begat. Tell them, go ahead. Y'all sitting there all quiet and drawn. I've been begat. According to his own will, the apostle says he begat us. That's an interesting verb, that verb begat. It means to breed forth. <laughs> to breed forth. Or you could say to bring forth. In other words, it says to us that God, according to his own will, bred us forth, birthed us forth, broke us forth. Amen? 
In other words, church, he took what I was because all of this is in the moment. He took what I was. You say, preacher, what was you? Don't matter. You know, a lot of people, they get all hung up about their past, all hung up about what they were. Amen. It don't matter what you were. It's not even important what you were because it's what you were. Amen. It's, it's old news. It's, it's history. As far as Chuck, me, and the Lord are concerned, it, it, it'd never be brought up again. And what he said, never be brought up again. Some of y'all might want to talk about it, but me and God good. It's old news. What I was is not important. It's what I am. And the Word of God says that what I am is I am begat. I like it. I am begat. Tell somebody in the morning, I'm been begat. Amen. That'll get their attention. What? You're what? Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. What that simply translates and means, church, is that he brought us forth new. Like a new baby. At the birth of a child. When that child come into this world, this world had never had that child before. Amen? It's your child if you're the mama and you're the daddy. Amen? God gifted that child unto you. Amen? But they never been a child like that before. Never be a child like that after. Amen? It's a new life. It's a new birth. And the moment that we were saved came a new life, a new birth. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Thank the Lord for that. That by these you might be partakers of the what? Well, just turn that out of the Bible. That can't be right. Partakers of the divine nature. I guess, and I suppose that in most all of us sometime or another, people who knew us wondered where that divine nature existed. Because when you act and respond any way opposite of divine nature, are you with me? When you act and respond to any situation other than by divine nature. The world says, hmm. I thought there wasn't much to them. I thought it was just all talk. Don't they go up yonder to New Hope? You see, you can't, separate, you can't separate the truth of God's Word. Church, that act is instant. The very moment, the very moment grace saves you, divine nature moves in. It's not in stages. Oh, I'm going to come live with you part-time. Nope. I'll be there 25%. Nope. 
the very moment, instantly, instantly. Now, we grow, we grow, all right? We grow in grace and knowledge and understanding. I get that. That's a process. We grow, but that's not a process. Divine nature is instant. The very moment you're saved, he moves in. And when we live life responding opposite or other than or contrary to the divine nature, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You understand, when you say divine nature, you're talking God. So when we respond and react in situations other than God would, we're behaving opposite of the truth that lives within us. The Bible says that he begat us. And the begotten is a process of forgiveness, eternal life, and giving to you his divine nature. You never had that before. You weren't born with it. Oh, when you came into this world and that doctor spanked you, you wasn't born with it. Amen. This is the new birth. Let me, let me move on. You say, preacher, how does that happen? If it's according to his own will that he begat us, what, does God just one day say, you know what, I think I'm going to begat them today. I'm going to begat old Greg Johnson today, amen. And that's it, that's, that's all he is, it's done, nope. Nope. What does the apostle say? According or by the word of truth in verse 18, back to verse 18. The word of truth. The word of truth. That's important, church. Some of us, we, we take our old Bibles. Mine's getting a little wire, wire on it. And I'll be honest, I don't use it as much as I once did. It's all digital anymore today, but I still do use it. But it's more than just a Bible. It's more than just a book with a cover. It's more than just a book with pages. It is the word of truth. Mike, how did I know I had to get saved? The word of truth told me so. How did I know there was a devil's hell? The word of truth told me so. How do I know that Jesus died for me? The word of truth told me so. How do I know that God loved, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? Because the word of truth told me so. I, I, I want to I talk to you a moment. Singers, teachers, preachers, Christians, when you share this, when you share this, you're sharing with people the word of truth. The word of truth. 
every single time. Amen? The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, don't look it up, but just, just bear with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, the Bible declares, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, now the apostle writing to the church in Thessalonica says, When you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. Oh, if you're taking my sermon today as the word of man, you're, hey, you're in bad shape. Paul said, not as the word of men, but as it is. Get that? But as it is is in truth. When this book, Donna told me I was a sinner, I took it as truth. I took it as truth. When this book told me that if I died in those sins... I'd spend all of my eternity in hell. I believed it. I received it as the word of truth. I received it as it said it. When this Bible told me that I had one way out, and that one way out was Jesus, who died on the cross for me over 2,000 years ago and rose from the dead on that third getting up morning, I received it as truth. And I still do today. I never, ever opened this book and wonder, yeah, is this thing really right? I never. It's the only truth I have. And it's the only truth you have. You have nothing if you don't have this. We have nothing if we don't have this. And it is that word of truth. In closing, let me share this with you. Why would God do all of this tremendous work? Why would God make such a powerful transformation possible to where he could begat us unto himself. Well, the apostle answers that as well, and I love this. I love this. I hadn't seen this barber before, but I, I sure loved it when I saw it this week. That we, you and me, you and me, could be first fruits. <laughs> first fruits. Isn't that what the apostle says? And he, you got 18 up there. Yeah. That we should be a kind of first fruits. That's what we are of his creatures. In Romans chapter 8. The apostle talks about the whole creation groaning. It's groaning in pain. It's groaning in misery. It's groaning 
for a change. Right? It's groaning for a new creation. It's groaning for a new heaven and a new earth which is coming as God promised. What the apostle is saying is that you and I are the first, first fruits of what's coming. Amen? Of what God has in store. Of a new creation. If people look deeply into your life, are they convinced that there's going to be a new creation one day? And the only reason or the only way they could ever be convinced is if you yourself are a new creation from what you was to what you should be. Divine nature. While they come and get an invitational song ready and you bow with me, as we bow before the throne of grace and Don't stand just yet. Don't stand just yet. In fact, in fact, listen, I'm going to try to stand still right here. I'm going to try to stand still right here. I want to speak honestly unto everybody. Honestly unto everybody. I want to look, Eddie, I want to look in that camera. And I, I want to speak honestly with anybody that might be joining by social media. I want to speak honestly with anybody that God might take this sermon to for just a moment. Because I know that there's a truth. I know that there's a reality that exists out there beyond this church. I know that there's people in this world that say... My mama claimed to be a Christian. My mama went to church, but she's the meanest woman I ever seen at home. I know there's people out there that say, Daddy, he went to church. Daddy, he, he fooled everybody at church, but at home. At home. We saw somebody different than what we saw on Sunday morning. Though I had nothing to do with that, let me publicly apologize to you that you had to live through that and that you had to see that. But it doesn't change one thing. God is still God. And God is still able to change any life, including yours. Including yours are you different is your life different I said Wednesday night that Charles Spurgeon once challenged his congregation by simply asking that congregation are you satisfied with your Jesus if you can't answer 100% yes 
He then told his congregation, if you're not satisfied with your Jesus, you don't have him. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. No one can have eternal Jesus living inside them and be unhappy with that. Are you different? No greater day than today to let God make a difference. If you're joining us by social media and you want to be different, Jesus is a simple call away. If you'll bow your head, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, thank Him for dying on the cross to provide that forgiveness, ask Him to be Lord and Savior of your life, He'll do just that. He'll do just that. As we stand, I'm going to get up out of the way. Whatever the need might be in the sanctuary today, as 